Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. If you like what you hear on our show, or you want to go deeper in your sales leadership journey, I'm here for you. I know just how challenging sales leadership can be. I've helped companies get off the ground and get to their first million in ARR, and I've helped large teams doing billions in new, in new business each year hit record-setting growth. I've sat in almost every single sales leadership chair, and I'm here to help. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned senior sales leadership executive. We're facing new challenges, and if you want someone to talk shop with, I've got you. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we have a repeat guest and one that is very important to me and the show. Rob Beatty, Vice President of Sales for Thomson Reuters Tax and Accounting, joins us again. Over two years ago, he was the very first guest to ever appear on this show. He is the ultimate OG in our show's history. Our first guests were critical in creating what has become the top podcast for sales leaders in the world. And Rob's episode is still one that I get comments about all the time after all this time. He's a fantastic sales leader. He's won a number of awards, including AAISP Executive of the Year at their annual AAISP conference. And more important, I've had members of Rob's team tell me how great it is to work in his organization. Now, a ton has changed. In fact, very little is still the same as when Rob came and spoke with us two years ago, right? And, uh, but one thing that has not changed, Rob is still helping his team find ways to win regardless of the external circumstances. We're all facing new challenges around the world. I asked Rob to join me again for a look at what he's doing to help his team adapt and succeed. I can't tell you how excited I am to have this guy back. I know it's going to be fun. I know it's going to help every single one of us. Rob, my man. The original guest. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us, man. Thanks, man. I, I'm, I'm pumped to be back. I'm, I'm humbled uh, by, by being part of this. Uh, you know, joining the podcast two years ago, uh, like you said, when you were just kicking it off for the first time, you weren't sure how it was all going to go, and, uh, you know, it's taken off. I get comments all the time. I get people connecting with me. It's tremendous, and uh, I've enjoyed it, and, and I really appreciate the opportunity to come back. Well, I'm going to thank you again. I've thanked you before. I'm going to thank you again for you to be willing to be the first when we had no followers. Now we got a lot. You're going to have thousands of people listening to you out to shoot this time. And, uh, but there's a reason we picked you, Rob. I mean, you are fantastic at what you do. Um, you've built a remarkable organization uh, with a, an iconic company, right? Uh, a very important company in our economy. And, and I, with all the things that have happened in the last few months, you just been on my mind that I needed to get you back on. So thank you for joining us, man. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm here in the, uh, like you said, things have changed. I, uh, you know, last time I was coming for you from my spacious office. Right now I'm in what I call the bunker of love, which is a corner of my basement. It's far away from my children as I can get. And I don't know if you just heard me, but as you were talking, I had to turn over and turn off the, the heater, the air conditioner. So 
it's a, it's a different funny. world and it's a different world from where we were that's for sure yeah that and that's why this is going to be so good i mean you know how much respect i have for you as a leader and it's not just me you, you, the industry has identified that you're one of the best but we do have a lot more listeners than we had two years ago I, 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 I could tell them just go back and listen to episode one and you can introduce yourself, but just, can you give a quick, you know, who's Thompson Reuters? What do you do for your customers? So they, they can just hear sure. that from you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, great. You know, I mean, Thompson Reuters is a great organization. Um, really, uh, you know, we like to call ourselves the answer company. Our, our goal is to provide professionals with tools, information, things that help them do their, their job better. And when I think of professionals, we're talking about, lawyers, financial professionals within corporations. Uh, my specific group deals with tax and accounting firms. We also have Reuters News, which many people will recognize um, yep. as one of the, if it, the, what I consider the most balanced news source in, in today's world where news has become commercialized. I think Reuters has done an incredible job of keeping it as news. So um, it's a great organization to be a part of. Uh, I've been with Thompson uh, for 15 years. Um, all pretty much in the tax and accounting division. Uh, and, um, you know, started my sales career back in 1996, which wow. is That's hard crazy. to believe, you know, as a, as a sales rep. And, um, you know, I think about how much has changed since then too. The, the, the two things I remember about that experience was I believe the interview was they, they took a piece of glass and they held it under your mouth. And if you fogged it up, you were, <laughs> you were in, right? Like that was, that was the key thing is, is this person breathing? We'll try them out. And we were arguing as a company if email was something that we should enable sales reps with or not. Like it was no so way that people were like, ah, this, this email thing's not going to, you know, I don't know how people will ever use it. And it's, uh, it's kind of funny to see, you know, sort of where we've come from all of that too. So I um, like to think of myself as a, as, a, as, a, as a career in leadership more than a career in sales. It just happens to be both of those things. Um, I think the thing that gives me the juice in sales is the fact that you're, you've got a number, you know, you've got a score, you've got something every single day that you're, you're either making progress against or you're not. And I think that, that gives people who like that, that leadership piece, something to rally around. And so um, that's kind of how I approach things. Um, really, that's, that's it. My team today, I, I lead a team of about 250 people. Yep. Um, I got 15 managers that directly report to me. So pretty, pretty big scale when I say it out loud. It's you have a big organization. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of freaky. Sometimes I'm like, wow, wait a second. You know, I got to influence the lives of 240 souls. Those poor, poor people. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, uh, it, it, it really does give me a lot of, of different chances to interact, different experiences, different ways and, and seeing a lot of how people respond or, or don't. Um, and so, you know, I, I like to believe makes me a stronger leader. So that's actually a lot of times after I haven't in, introduced a company, I haven't talked about how they got in sales. I'm going to tell everybody listening. Now you do have to go listen to episode one because Rob's story is awesome. Uh, your story of being a lineman and all the other yeah. things. Yeah. They have to go listen to that. But I'm going to ask you a different second question that I've asked. You're the first person I've asked this one to. Okay. So, and you identified first as more of a career in, in leadership than a career in sales. And, and it's funny because I had this down. Uh, my question to you is why sales leadership? Right. You've been one of the top sales leaders in the business for a long time. It's not just like a blip. You haven't had like a lot of people one good year. No, you've made a good career out of being yeah. an awesome sales leader. You know, what draws you to the leadership side? Because 
you know, there's a lot of differences in there in being a, a strong leader versus just being an individual contributor. That's not yeah. for everyone. Can you yeah. talk about why you're attracted to that? Sure. Uh, I mean, I think, I think if, if you had a time machine and went back and talked to the people that knew me as a young person, they would have probably said, Oh, that guy's going to be a teacher. Right. Or that guy's going to be a coach of some kind. Like that would have probably been the personality that I would have displayed. And I think that's always been an inherent part of, of who I am. And so the leadership side of it is it's, it's formed in that space of, I accept and am fulfilled by the people on my team doing well. Like I want to do well too. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, somebody asked me what's a career highlight of mine. There's, there's bunches, but number one is um, help transform my business from one that was not doing so well for a couple of years in a row, took it back up, won our, our, our president's club. And that feeling from my team at that moment was tremendous. I mean, that was a personal victory but it was a victory of all of them. But prior to me walking across that stage, 15 people from my organization had walked across that stage, right? So, so cool. that feeling that you get from that to me is, is what, what is so exciting about it. And, and again, why sales leadership versus, you know, going and running a different type of organization, you can have that feeling. There's a score, there's a game. I'm, I'm, I'm out there trying to make that happen. So, you know, I, uh, I enjoy that piece of it. I enjoy connecting with, with new people to, to their careers and just talking about that journey and, and why it is different. Um, you know, individual contributors, I think you can have tremendous success and, and, and I've and make a lot of money, make a ton of money. I, I probably right. would have made, I don't, it's not true. I wasn't that great of a sales rep to be honest with you. I would <laughs> say I'd probably make more money as a sales rep. No, I'd probably be a, a developer doing like, you know, database programming if I had stuck as an individual contributor. But, um, but, but there are people who, who are, and, you know, within my organization just last year, I had somebody who had been a very successful sales manager had really um, done very well in that role, but it just reached a point where he says, you know, I just, I need to be in control of myself again for a while. And, you know, I'm, I'm super hopeful that he's going to find his way back into a leadership role, but he and I talked and, and found a way for him to become an individual contributor again within, within a different piece of the organization he's doing fantastic which is not a surprise to me at all um but you know he needed he needed that break from it and and a big piece of it was that conversation around as as a leader i'm putting a lot of my results in the hands of other people am i am i okay if it doesn't go well right like am i going to be able to sleep at night um am i going to be able to remain calm which i think is incredibly important and especially the last five months six months however long it's been feels like 70 years but it does feel like you no know, it's yeah. it's been it's been interesting um so you know the i think that's that's the personality that you have to sort of bring to the table and um you know it's interesting now in, in today's world you get so many opportunities to see coaches on the sidelines of sporting events and you know they love to show them losing their mind and, and you know swearing up and down at people but the moments where you really see them is when they've lost a game and they they've got to bring everybody together and say, okay, so what can we learn from this and what are we going to do differently next time? And so uh, if, if you've got that kind of that feel, if that's, if, again, if that's what fills your bucket, if that's what you get the juice from, you know, that's, that's me. I, I like to think, I think that's, that's how I try to approach life. 
So let's let's sit in this for a minute, Rob. And you know, that's one of the things I love is is our show. I think has been successful. A, we have had great guests like you join, but mostly it's two people talking shop. It's not scripted. We just right. we're talking, right? right. <clears throat> so when right. I work with sales leaders like yourself and with others, I almost always start with what the role is because I have found that role drives how you prioritize time and what tools you decide to use. Right. So I'm interested in your take since you're a lifelong leader of salespeople, one of the best I know, you know, ridiculous success. Uh, you, you, you've developed amazing salespeople. What do you think the role of a sales leader is? I, I want our listeners to hear what your idea of what, what's the role. Cause I think, I think success starts with role clarity. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like, like so many things, um, I think uh, the best sales leaders are adaptable to given situations. There are certain things that you have to be doing at all time and they sort of fill into that, but that adaptation is critical. If I'm, you know, if I'm, I like to go through the exercise of taking my team and saying, who do I think are my, my top producers who have the talent to continue to grow who are my top producers that really are probably where they're going to be, right? Their contribution is their contribution. Who are my lower performers that maybe are in the wrong seat? And who are my lower performers that I don't want to see again? And I think as a, as a sales leader, your role, clarity is about those people. It's not an all-time one thing. So for those people who have that talent that can give you more, your role is to upskill them where you can, but mostly get blockers out of their way, right? Like, is there, a, is there a policy that's getting in their way? Are they not getting access to the best opportunities? Are you doing something as an organization that, that prevents them from finding their way to, to total success? Uh, so I think that's that role, right? If you've got somebody who's not performing well, your role is to, is to help them see that potentially it's time to move into something else. But um, uh, that, that to me, so, so it's difficult to say what is the clarity, but that, that removing of obstacles, I think is one of them. Um, you know, can I, I ask I, you a question, yeah, Rob? Yeah, please. No, please. Yeah. I, like I'm, I'm, I'm burning up a page of notes already, man. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> and no so worries. I'm listening to you talk and I'm putting it all down. And as I write down all the answers, you gave me a lot of things that go to this role. I kind of triangulated around two words that I wrote down. I want to know if this is a good summary of what you said. And if, if so, I want to dive into it a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So you talked about upskilling and removing blockers and, and, you know, sometimes getting them in different chairs or in different orgs, even there's all these kind of things like that. I wrote down people optimization. How does that, is that, is that a good representation of what you yep. perceive the role as, or is that yep. a misrepresentation? Nope. Can you talk about that a little bit? People yeah, optimization. Yeah, no, no question. It's funny you, uh, you say that. I have, uh, um, we come to the same point different ways. A lot of my conversation over the course of the pandemic has been about talent maximization, which is yeah. people optimization, right? Same, same idea yeah. of, um, you know, who knows, who knows what all organizations, who knows what business looks like as we kind of come through this other thing. But I think part of the role of the leader right now is to make sure I've got my people in the spot where they can be most successful, right? Like they, they are ready with skills where their talent meets opportunity that they can do their most. But yeah, I would absolutely say people optimization is a big piece of it. And that, that speaks back to what I said earlier about being a teacher and a coach, right? That's, yeah. 
that's really, if, if you think of a sports team, the, you know, a, a collective of people trying to achieve the same goal, the coach's role is to put them in the optimized roles. If you're, if you're meant to be a wide receiver, I'm going to put you out a wide receiver. If you're meant to be a quarterback, let's play you a quarterback. And, and that's, that's, what, that's what you need to do. So absolutely, I would say that. I would agree completely. So that's, that's an easy, and it's not easy. That's a really good answer. And it's easy for us to talk about what gets in the way of that for sales leaders. What stops mm-hmm. us from being good at that? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. Um, you know, I think it's, it's easy to get in the weeds of uh, stuff that you can't control and try to, you know, so often when you're dealing with salespeople, they are driven by success and believe that they can overcome obstacles. Um, but they also get kind of thrown off by every little thing that gets in their way sometimes. And so uh, you, you got to, you know, I used to, I used to have this rep on my team that um, I used to say to him, Hey dude, you're, you're a, you're a, an F 14 Tomcat. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, you lose a screw. You're in the side of a mountain. I said, this other guy over here, he's a B-29 bomber. He can lose a wing, an engine. He's going to be fine. My job was to make sure that no screws came loose on the Tomcat guy, right? But on the B-29, things, he could overcome certain things, and he wasn't going to be effective in, 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 in certain areas. The Tomcat was one of the best sales reps I ever had, but we had to do regular check-ins and maintenance and just make sure that you know, his mindset was in the right spot to be successful. Whereas other people on my team didn't necessarily need that. They just needed, you know, a, a policy taken out of the way. And so, you know, what gets in the way for sales leaders? I, I think there's that. There's yourself uh, issues that can come up from time to time. You can get locked in on something and, and start, you know, finding your way into meetings that you carry over into other groups. You know, like you always see the sales and marketing issues that, that every single organization, I always say we never have enough leads. They always say you have too many leads. Um, you know, so what is the real answer? You know, it depends, right? It depends. But, um, you know, you could, you could easily carry that as to, you know, blaming others for why things aren't the way that you'd like them to be. Um, I think, I can't remember from the original episode, we talked about extreme ownership. I think we did, but we did. Yeah. And I still revisit that book um, probably once a year. And just try to remind myself that, look, you know, you got to focus on those things you can control. And so if, back to your original question of what are those things that can get in the way? It's losing sight of the things I can control and letting things from outside my scope influence what I do. All right. I love that answer. And that's something that now can make it so we can parlay into that. The next thing I wanted to talk about. So you're working about get people optimization. You talked about some things getting away. I've also seen some leaders think that it's just as simple as being a rah-rah guy, just more motivation equals more right. performance. And we talked about this in our first one too, that it's not as simple as just, you know, more motivation, right? Fake motivation, right. especially. You made a comment. There's two comments you made in the first episode that I hear about all the time. Number one is your job is to create an environment where the motivated succeed. You yep. kind of got to that here. We'll probably talk about it again. I want to go to the second one that is still, a, there's like the top three quotes. You have two of them. Okay. The second one, number two is my job is to remove the sink out of sink or swim. Okay. That was another good sales leader said that, but your number one that I know you know where I'm going is you don't want to just be seen as a monkey with the symbols. Okay. People love that. 
right. I had people sending me pictures of the monkey with the symbols. Right. People still talk about it. So I think sometimes we, we come, we're trying so hard to be this motivator that we end up being the monkey with the symbols. Right. Right. And we're not, I don't know if it's because we're not authentic or because we're, we're not connected enough or we're too detached from what reality is or we're armchair quarterbacking. Can you go into a little more about the monkey and the symbol? Cause I remember yeah. saying, I want to talk more about that, but we just didn't have time. last Right, time. right, right. Yeah. No worries. And uh, shout out to my man, Alan Finley out there uh, was one of the reps with me in my first job ever. And we talked about the manager that we had who was like that. And it felt like every time he came over to your cube, just the monkey with the symbols was showing up. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge, right? And, and it's, it's, a, it's a very distinct mental image um, if you know what it is. And if you don't, Google monkey with yeah. the symbols and you'll yes. immediately see it. You know, you I can see you on the Zoom call and you're immediately doing the wah, 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 yeah. wah. And, um, and really what that is, is just per, your job as a leader is to not create more noise. And when you think about that monkey with the symbol, that whole existence is just noise. It's not doing anything for you. There's no, there's no way forward. There's no path out of whatever struggles somebody's having. There's no intelligent uh, new opportunities that are created. There's nothing motivating about that thing at all. It's just more noise. And people today, especially today, are dealing with more noise than ever, right? We're, you know, we... We all could talk for days about the state of where we are on a lot of different areas. But, you know, I think about for myself, like I said at the very beginning, I'm coming to you live from the bunker of love in my basement, right? That's not the same as being in an office. And when I'm done here, I'm not getting in my car and driving home. I'm walking out to where my children now want my attention, right? And when they're in school, they need help at times to time. And so, we're all tasked now with a lot more noise. And again, that, that sales manager role, that leader role is you've got to get that noise gone. And so I, I think a lot about if I'm coming to somebody, is this going to provide value to them that is going to help them find a pathway to be successful? Or am I just over here creating more noise? And um, it's a fine line, right? And it, and it, it's challenging because one person's path forward is another person's random noise. And so trying to be authentic, trying to be genuine, you know, one of the things that, that I've taken to do um, this summer, and for those of you listening in the future, this is the summer of 2020. I don't know if they have yeah. podcasts in the apocalypse or not. <laughs> find a working, if you found a working device and this is what you found, this is, this is what it was like. But one of the things I've really tried to do this year, this summer, is to be um, mo almost more transparent and authentic into how I'm feeling about things because I don't get as many interactions with people. Mm. And so I, I, don't, I don't lie to them. I don't tell them things are better than they are. I tell them how things are. I tell them how I feel about things. I try to express that I understand how they're feeling. I try to, you know, it's, it's a different kind of environment. You, you talked about my my quote is my job is to create an environment where the motivated are successful. That right. hasn't changed, right? Just how somebody is motivated now maybe has a little bit and in making it okay for people to feel the feelings that they've had throughout the course of the summer, because it's been, it's been multiple things, you know, people focus on the pandemic, but the, the impact of the social justice movement on people has had tremendous 
emotional feelings for people, no matter where you feel and how you feel about that, that movement, it, it is, is, it impacted people. It's impacted people on my team. It's, 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 it's something that as a leader, you have to be aware of. And, and I think one of the most important things I did early on is share how I felt, you know, I, I called a meeting and, and I addressed it head on and I say, Hey, look, I think this is a big deal. Um, it's always been important to me. I, uh, I'm a, I'm a tremendous proponent of diversity, inclusion, diversity of thought. I think your team is better for it. You know, when you have people, different backgrounds, different skill sets, different life experiences, all of that stuff makes a team that much stronger. And, uh, you know, I openly talked about it with 250 people. And I think that gave them solace in the fact that, okay, it's okay. You know, I, I, I can be okay with this too. I can have those conversations as well. And I think that's part of the role of the leader, right? It's, 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 to, it's to help people cut through the noise. I like that. That might be our title of this episode when we go live is cutting through the noise, right? I, uh, that's really well said, Thank Rob. Um, I'll make it a note. Hold on. Uh, uh, I just, I'll I just create some noise that. over here. Let me grab my symbols and all <laughs> There you go. No. So, so I love that monkey and symbol thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself in the shoes of the people that are listening. And this is one of the reasons I get a lot of feedback that our listeners like when I do this. So sorry that I'm going to sit on this for a minute. Yeah, so how can a leader know if they're the monkey in the symbol? I'm sure nobody wakes up saying, I want to be monkey in the symbol. And yeah. I love the framework that you gave, you know, is this creating a pathway? Is this creating value or is this just adding noise? Are there any symptoms you might suggest to our listeners? Cause we got them all. We got people that are seasoned experts like you. We got people that are new to leadership, don't want to follow the pathways and everything in between. And I would be willing to bet, bet monkey and symbol syndrome is not reserved just for people new to leadership. No. There's people that are, yeah. So anything that you would say, Hey, here's some things you might want to look for. Like if you're seeing this, you might be a monkey and a symbol, or if you're seeing this, you're probably not. Is, yeah. Is there advice on that? I'm sorry. I didn't prepare you for that. No, but. that's okay. That's uh, you know, it's um, it is, it's a great question, right? It has a lot to do with self-reflection and, and thinking, you know, uh, so for me, I guess I'll just speak to, to what I try to do. Yeah, on that perfect. Is, um, I try to change up what I'm saying a lot. And, and I, try, I try to keep certain themes. So if you, if you were a member of my team, there would be certain themes that have flown throughout the years that you've been on my team. But I'm always adding a different flavor and I'm always trying to bring new stuff into it, right? So um, that to me allows those connection points. And, and maybe I didn't hit the right message or the right mark with somebody this week, but maybe next week I do. And so check yourself on, are you repeating yourself all the time? Are you just saying the same stuff? And is it just becoming, it's, it's tough because I, I recognize it when somebody's doing it. And if it's, it's really hard to do in the zoom, yeah. world, right. I mean, yeah. it's almost more difficult in the zoom world. So what I've taken to do is when I have a meeting with somebody, I'll reach out to people on my direct team and, and people who are my, my second line, my, you know, my individual contributors. And I'll just say, Hey, did I hit the mark with that? Did that make sense to you? And I try to vary the people I ask, right? If I go to the same people who I know are the, you know, cult Rob, they'll be like, Oh yeah, you were great. You know, I love it. You know, I just, I wish you'd swear more. And then to the, uh, the people who are sort of, you know, those, those ancillary people. And I think, you know, just to, to step aside for a second on that, one of the other things that I think has always been really important 
as a leader that I try very hard to do is ask the opinions of the quiet folks, right? And this was real easy to do when you were live because I could say, oh, look, you know, Sally hasn't said anything yet. Sally, how are you feeling about this? Is this, is this feeling like do you have something you want to add to this? Um, and so making sure that, you know, I, speaking back to my diversity and inclusion, inclusion is asking everybody how they're feeling, right? It's, it's getting out there and saying, do you feel like this is part of what you're doing? Do you feel like I'm hitting the mark for you? And, and not that overt, but it's okay to have those conversations with people and be like, hey, how's things going? And so that's one way that I personally try to avoid it. Um, how do I know if it's, it's starting to seep in? Yeah. You know, if, if I'm bored with the message, I, I promise you everybody else is too, right? <laughs> and so that's, that's one way. Um, you know, if, if you're a, a doing Zoom calls and you're getting more and more uh, less cameras, that's a sign. Uh, but it is, I, I, I agree, it is much harder in the Zoom world than it was face-to-face. You know, when I, my teams have traditionally been primarily centrally located or inside sales teams. It was real easy to know how I'm doing. I get them all in a room, and if they're cheering at the end, it was a good meeting. And if they're walking out of there rolling their eyes, I'm like, well, all right, well, that didn't work so well. So, um, you know, and, and I, I will say the other thing is because I, am, uh, I think I try very hard to be an authentic leader, I think people are really comfortable coming and telling me stuff. Well, know? I was going to ask you that. So I'm glad you brought that up. So you are very approachable. And again, I've, I've, I've had people on your team tell me at specific places that I've been, you know, they've come to me and said, Hey, thanks for having Rob on the, on the show. He he's, he's awesome. He's one of the reasons I, I work here is because like, he's so good. So you are that kind of leader. I was going to ask you that when you're working in a live environment and you have the face-to-face opportunity, it's easier for people to say, Hey, Rob, they just stick their head in your office. Can I ask you a quick question? Or right. they bump into you someplace. Now that they don't have that uh, as a virtual leader, which is a probably the wrong word, Yeah, but it's, right. but it's, it's, it's yeah. probably as good as we're going to get right now. Right. Yeah. Um, how do I you call it a zoom leader? There you go. That's probably a better one. Okay. How do you create those moments as, as, yeah. You know, because before one of the things that I had used, one of the guys on the, on the show uh, had told me one of the things he looks for to know if he's having impact is, are people coming to me with problems or are they just, you know, he's like, if people aren't coming to me with problems, then I realize I'm not seen as a resource. And in this more virtual world, it's probably, they have to really want your help. It's not like, Hey, I'll ask him what's him. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. So a couple of things, and I'll give you a couple of, uh, I guess, tactical advice things or things I try to do. Um, like I said, after meetings, I will reach out to people. Yep. You know, we're, we're using Microsoft Teams, as I know a lot of people are. Yep. Um, all Teams reps, um, especially frontline reps, especially those people that I used to talk to in the office a lot uh, because I know that they are used to that feeling. So I'll just reach out and be like, hey, Lindsay, how's things? You know, is there anything I need to know? What, what's happening right now? Um, you know, hey, John, you know, how, how's things? How's, how's the family? You know, and I'll, and I'll try to make those interactions I try to find ways to have informal interaction because one of the things I find in the Zoom world is every meeting feels like a meeting, right? You've lost the one-off touch. I, I was literally, my, my wife and I were walking today and I was, we were talking about this and, and she, she does a lot with, um, you know, uh, organizational culture and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's great. It's like, I literally live with an executive coach, right? Which is really, cool. really helpful, right? Super it's, cool, it's yeah. Tremendous, right? And so, you know, we're 
were taking a walk at, at lunchtime today and, and we were talking through this and she was saying, you know, there's a lot of fatigue with Zoom meetings that you don't get in, in play, face-to-face meetings because now I'm not only watching you speak, I have a camera that shows me speak and we're naturally drawn to ourself. Yep. And then you've got maybe nine people like the Brady Bunch screen. So now I'm, you know, I've got somebody who's got a dog in the background, somebody whose kids walking through the back screen, you know, somebody's not on camera and I'm, I'm wondering what they're doing, why they're not on camera. So there's a ton of that distraction, but every meeting becomes a formal event. And so as a leader, you have to create informal events. And this is a, this is a passe thing now. It's been done to, by everybody. But one of the first things I did on Tuesday, uh, March 17th, I think it was, um, is I scheduled a Friday Zoom or uh, Teams happy hour. We did a virtual happy hour from, for my team and um, you know, the other sales lead in my building's team. And we just got everybody together and just had an informal conversation about how the week went and what happened. And we did that for 15 weeks. It kind of petered out at that point. It wasn't as necessary. Um, we found ways to connect, but it was, a, it was an opportunity for us as a leadership team to, to kind of laugh and, and, and have fun and talk about what was the funniest thing that happened this week? You know, did you hear about this meeting that these two people were in and this, you know, dude walked in the back without his shirt on and we all laughed about that, you know? And so, you know, we tried to find those human connection points and try to maintain those. And I think that's really, really important. And as a leader, especially if you're a leader with a team where you have individual contributors, your one-on-ones can't just be pipeline reviews. They never should have been, but they definitely cannot be now. Now you got to start with how are you feeling? And that's, that can be weird, right? Like that's not, it's not, if, if, especially if you're one of those people who's very numbers driven and very much, you know, I'm going to hit this number and we're going to make this happen. You get worried because, oh man, what if they tell me they're not feeling well? Well, I'm of the opinion, what if they don't, <laughs> you know, like what if the way that that becomes apparent is that their performance has fallen off so bad that now your conversation's a performance improvement plan. And if you could have gone back in time and that, that, that day that, that something was struggling, you delve into it more and you threw your pipeline review aside for a week because who really cared? You know, you and I, as we were, as no. before we began, we were talking about what is good performance right now. I don't know. I know what, what it looks like to try, but I at least want to, if somebody's just struggling, I want to know about it. I want to be prepared. And so I prioritize those conversations. I have actually scheduled uh, three or four standing one-on-ones with some of my key contributors to my organization. Um, because I also know that they'll feed me information that they're getting from other sales reps. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have a one-on-one with Nicole or Dan and I'll be like, Hey, what are you hearing? What's the team telling you? Where are we missing the mark? How are we doing? How are you doing? And so, um, you got to find those other conduits and it's not, I'm, I'm not saying you create spies and plants, I'm just saying, seek the information and be open to receive it, right? That's, that's an important piece of this. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't use this word earlier when I was talking about leadership, but, but I really believe that leadership is formed out of love. And, like and love is, is that, you know, when you think about what love really is, it's not enabling somebody to be happy all the time. It's sometimes there's tough love. Sometimes there's, you know, 
different ways that you approach people, but taking a genuine interest in, in the human beings that you lead and remembering that they are human beings. They have failings. They have troubles. They have challenges. They're super nervous to share them with you because you're their boss and nobody wants to look weak in front of the boss. Right. So, and you know, I think that's great that you would get up and, and share what you thought was important to your, your team because no bosses want to show where their areas of vulnerability can be sometimes yeah. either. And so I, I think that's part of being authentic. And I think that's, that's awesome. There's, you know, we're, we're doing good on time, but I want to make sure there's two more things I want to make yeah. sure we get to before we run out. You've already went to one. I was going to ask you, you know, how has sales leadership changed in the last few months? And you already brought up the one-on-one has changed for you. The yep. one-on-one was we always have to start with how are you feeling? And you explained that I think in a way that is good. I don't think we need to sit on that, but I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to go here. How's it changed? I, I think that's massively important to say, how are you doing? How are yeah. you feeling? I mean, I, I think because they, they'll know if you're authentic with that or, or not. Right. right. I mean, they'll, they'll sniff bullshit a mile away on that. Right. Won't they? right. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. If, if I say, Hey, how are you feeling? They go, yeah, you know, I'm really struggling. I'm worried about how I'm going to manage my kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, what about this deal? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, you get, you got to pause and you got to hear them. And um, you know, that's why when I do one-on-ones, I will turn on video or I will tell them why I'm not like, if I'm, I happen to be on my phone somewhere and I'm in a spot where video isn't working. Otherwise I'll be on video because I want them to see my face. I want to be able to have that as close as that connection as I can get to the face to face, because you know, people always tell you, you know, communications, body language has a huge component of it. And right. it, it does. Right. And I, I want to know, are you engaged in this conversation or not? And, um, you know, if, uh, if I'm taking notes, I want them to know, Hey, I'm taking notes. And so I think, uh, I think that's a big piece of it, but, but people will know, like you said, they'll, they'll sniff you out. If you're, if you're disingenuous in that question, you get, you get maybe one strike, but you don't get many more than that. You know, if, if I, if I don't show that I'm really interested after I ask that question, then, then I'm, I'm going to struggle. I think that's such good advice. And I hope everybody's taking note of that, that the one-on-one I believe has become more important than ever before. And that's part of why part of it is we got to make sure that we remain connected to people. The other part is, I believe there's, like you said earlier, one of the first things you said is we have to adapt and adapt and adapt. Yeah. And the one-on-one is the best place to help people adapt because adapting is not a group sport. It's an individual activity. So, and so that's why I think those are the two reasons I think the one-on-one is more important than ever before. So what else though, besides how the one-on-one has changed, is there anything else that's changed in your mind as a sales leader in the last few months? Um, I think there's a couple of things. One for me is um, I think I think it's really important almost now more than ever that you are as a sales leader, taking time to think out to the future. You know, um, if you don't, if you don't find that strategy time, you'll be consumed into the day-to-day stuff. And, and part of leadership is, is the vision, right? It's finding what are we going to be like and, and sharing a little bit of that vision, but also thinking it through. I mentioned talent maximization before, that's, that's an important thing. You know, if, if our market's going to look different, are we prepared for it? You know, I, I used to, seven years ago, I started talking about what I called the 2020 sales rep and, and what are the things that somebody had to be today? Well, beginning of this year, uh, ironically, the 
the week before I was in Arizona speaking at a conference and I was talking about the 2025 sales rep. And so what does that look like? That's different today and saying, look, they're, they're, they're going to have more data than ever. So they're going to have to be data driven about how they approach their job. They're going to have to use tools for personalization at scale. They're going to have to be more comfortable in a team environment than probably most people have been historically in sales, because that's how we're going to end up. A lot of businesses will go to market with more than one person involved with an account because you're going to want to make sure that that account gets everything they need. Right. And so, um, you know, are those, are those traits that your people have? And so are you making that strategy time? I think that's one way in which it's changed. The other is, is around performance and performance management. Um, are you being still intelligent about it? And, and, and I've seen people who've set it completely aside. They've said, uh, well, you know, I guess we're going to be 80% or we're going to be 60%. So, all right, well, we'll just accept it. I, you can't do that. I think you have to still, I have for years uh, looked at top third, middle third, bottom third. Yep. And are my reps, whatever the circumstances, you can always bucket in threes. And, yep. You know, internally we call it stoplight report or whatever, but are you, like if you're that. in the top third, is your top third the same right now as it was a year ago or six months ago, or has something changed where somebody in your top third has suddenly dropped off? As a sales leader, man, I better be looking at that. But at the same time, if somebody's in the bottom third now and was in the bottom third a year ago and was in a bottom third before that, yeah, it's probably time for me to make sure that I'm really diligent about performance management. And I think, I think that that's always important. I think it's almost, you have to become more intentional about it now and really looking and making sure that you're making good, intelligent decisions around performance. Because if, if uh, you're in a position where you're, you're maybe not performing as well, at some point, somebody's going to come to you and be like, Hey, who's, who's got to go. And, and you want to be ready and in control of that situation. And so um, I think that that's a, that's a piece of it. Again, I, I don't know how much it's changed. I just think it needs a different kind of focus and a different kind of intentionality because it's easy enough. You know, I think, I, I don't remember what my group was, uh, you know, three months ago or whatever, but you know, overall I've kind of been like, well, if we get to about 80% against plan at times, that can be good enough. As long as, you know, from time to time we're getting higher, whatever, whatever the number is for you. Right. I, I don't know that 80% is the right number for me, but um, it's dangerous right now to become too accepting of that. Right. right. And just become, that becomes your new normal. And now you, you become complacent. And so, um, you know, I guess, I guess I'll sum this up and say, yeah, I, I guess I would say, you know, there's a, you, sales leaders right now are in a battle against complacency. That's yeah, a word of warning, them. man. That is a yeah. word of warning to our listeners. And, For sure. And I think that it's important to hear because I, sorry, I interrupted you. I feel really bad. Yeah, no, worries. no um, you're good. But we've been handed as sales leaders, the world's greatest excuse. We've been handed it. Absolutely. Right? And people will listen to it. They'll say, yeah, that really did happen. Yeah. You know, we were selling it to uh, one of my customers that I work with uh, sells heavily into food services. And that's tough sledding right now, man. Uh And um, leaders need to figure out how do I help find ways to win what's winnable in spite of these things? Correct. Um, You know, because you'll know which of the reps that are grabbing like a lifeline to the excuse and which ones are saying, nah, I got more I can still get. right? Right. Let's finish with that. How do you, how do you, how do you sort that? That's, 
that, that's almost like brutal sometimes to say, because we've just said that you want to humanize the process. Right. We want to put the people. person, love right. your people, put the person yeah. back into salesperson. Right. That's what right. Kevin Dorsey said on my show last week, you know? Um, right. Like he said, that's the new non-negotiable. I'm going to ask you that same question. Are there any new non-negotiables? He said the new non-negotiables, you got to put the person back in salesperson, which is along lines with what you're saying. How are you doing? Yeah. Yet, we don't want to be like, we, I love how you said we've got to be intelligent about this. Right. We have to accept the more button. That's our role, right? Right. Any thoughts to finish this off with that? Yeah. No, I, I think, um, you know, it's funny, like, because if you begin with how are you feeling and somebody lays the problems of the world at your feet, uh, you've got to circle back and be like, okay, what's our path forward from here? You know, so you've told me you have this problem, this problem, this problem. Like, you, I, I feel you, you know, oh, I, I, that's, that's really tough. How are we going to get through it? What are some ideas that you're trying? Are you open to some suggestions for me, right? And so, again, it's that battle against complacency. And it happens at the rep level. It can happen to yourself. There's so many different ways that it can impact you that uh, I, I, I've certainly felt it. I, I, I would be remiss if I said I've been perfect this summer. I haven't been close to perfect this summer. There were points this summer where I'm like, I, I don't, you know, you, you, there's, there's been days where I've thrown up my hands and been like, man, this sucks. I am tired of losing. And, uh, and you got to, okay, what do you do to get yourself back inspired? What do you do for yourself? And, and I think that you asked about non-negotiables. I, yeah. I love putting the person back in the person. I'm going to, I'm going to turn it on, on me, on you as the leader, as who yourself, you have got to take time for self. That's a new non-negotiable. It is Love so it. easy to give everything you have for other people that you stop being good at what you do. What got you to where you are, you lose sight of because you're giving so much away. And I'm not saying you can't give that stuff away, but you got to fill the bucket because if the bucket's empty, you run out of stuff to give away. And I think that's an important, incredibly important thing. Um, I've, I've taken a blocking time in my calendar to make sure that I get, you know, a walk in with my wife or a chance to work out. Uh, I've, I've been taking to getting up, you know, an hour before everybody else in my house so that I get time to do some workout in the morning and I get time to just listen to a book, whether that's a book that's, you know, meant to help me be better at my job or just a book, you know, like give me something dumb. I've listened to like five zombie books this summer because I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to think right now. I just yeah. want to be. And, and it's really hard because you're not taking vacations. I used to have that escape where I would go somewhere for an event for four days. Well, part of that was my chance to refresh myself and get away from all the day to day and all that stuff. I don't have that anymore. I got to create that opportunity for myself. And so to me, the, you know, it's, it's, it's selfishness so I can be selfless later. That's such a good way to end. I usually end with that rapid fire, but you've already done that on episode one. If you want to hear Rob's, you know, biggest sales leadership challenge. He already told you what some of them are. You can hear what he thought it was two years ago and compare it. You gave us three or four books on that one. I don't need you to give me any more. We, we've had a good session. I'm going to tell everyone, go back and listen to episode one after listening to this. Because what you said there, what I'm, I'm gathering is I listen, because I've listened to that episode more than once, uh, Rob. That, that advice you gave there is timeless. And while the circumstances have changed, your blueprints for success have not changed. It's just how you do them that has changed. Yeah. Is that a fair way of saying it? I hope so. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, I guess I'd have to let other people judge that. But I have, 
I have tried to remain consistent. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, again, some people, you may end up taking a snip of our conversation and see it. And behind me is this kind of weird pirate flag. Well, this pirate flag was a symbol of our department that we used to have in the office that on the day that we left, I took down off the wall and I brought home with me and I put it up behind me so that when my team and I would meet, there would be something that says, there's a chance that we're going to get back to normalcy at some point. Yeah. I'm coming to you from my basement, but don't forget, you know, this is, this is who we were and and who will be again. And, um, and I think that kind of, intentionality is really important as a leader. How do you present an opportunity for people to say, Hey, in life, I mean, it's bigger than just sales. It's kind of like your role as a leader is you're a shepherd for these people in a lot of ways. How do I help them see that? I believe there's going to be some normalcy again. Um, I think that's something that, that you just, you've, you've got to take on And, and it's, it's not easy, but it's important. Rob, that is brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you so much for giving us a great start two years ago. But mostly thank you for being so committed to this profession of sales leadership. You know, it's a lonely spot that we're in. There's not a lot of people who get it the way you get it. And so I'm grateful, A, personally to know you. I'm grateful, B, that I've been able to share you to a lot of people. Okay. And how do people get more of you? I mean, we've got a lot more people now than we did before. How, how do they connect to you? How do they yeah. reach out to you? How do they get well, more of what you have to say? Yeah, if you, uh, if you uh, want weird treat, t- tweets about my family and, and strange observations, follow me on Twitter. I don't do a lot of good sales leadership stuff there. But hit me up on LinkedIn. Obviously, I'm out there on LinkedIn. Um, easy enough to find. I think I'm Rob Beatty 74 because I was once a football player, so I always put my number on the end of my name as, as a matter awesome. of habit. Um, but yeah, I love to connect. Um, if anybody ever wants to, you know, find me, connect with me on LinkedIn, just have a conversation about some of the stuff. I'm certainly open to it. A couple of years ago, some people did that and it was great. It was, it was a great opportunity to learn from them. I, I try to take every, every interaction as a learning moment. Every interaction is a way to kind of make myself better. And, and, and the way you do that is by having more interactions, right? So yeah, feel free to, uh, to connect with me there. I'd love it. My advice to you guys as listeners, He's legit when he says that. He'll, he'll respond. He'll talk to you. You'll be better off if you do. Listen, he's Robert Beatty. He's the vice, he's the vice president over at uh, Thompson Reuters and their tax and accounting group. Uh, but mostly what I'm going to remember him for today is he's a great example of how to cut through the noise. And we're in a world where our, our, our reps face more noise than ever. Noise from home, noise professionally, noise every aspect of their life because every part of our lives are being kind of tweaked with what's going on. And if we can help people cut through that noise and get to where they want to be, then that's what makes us become more legendary. So, Rob, as I said to everyone, and I've said to you many times, thank you and happy selling, my friend. Thank you, Rob. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, I want to point out that we are finishing the summer and gearing up for that year-end push. In addition, people are starting to look forward to the 2021 campaign, and we know that it will be different. Different selling situations, different sales skills, different sales mechanics. Rob said it so well in this episode. Everything has changed, and you don't want to be that manager that just creates noise. That's why I've turned my attention to building the Jepson Performance Group. I'm doing what I love. 
working with sales leaders in three areas that I know make a difference, mindset, skill set, and performance. I found that it's that DNA of predictable growth, those three strands. And as you prepare for what will most certainly be a new environment, each sales leader is going to have to adapt. And I'm here for you, whether it's just as simple as joining my Patreon group, Sales Leadership United, or maybe providing fast-track training for new managers, or even custom executive coaching programs. I want to help you create as much impact as possible with the people you lead. If you want to connect and discuss your one-on-one strategy, I'm here for you. If you've ever thought about having that conversation, stop thinking about it and just hit me up. I have three to five of these conversations every week, and I'm looking forward to having one with you and your organization. If you want to be legendary as a sales leader, hit me up. How you lead matters, and I want to help you navigate that sales leadership maze. Now, that conversation with Rob was fantastic. He is the OG, right? He is the OG guest on our show, and his show is still one of the most downloaded shows in show history. And I hope you can see why. If you did not hear his first episode, go back and listen to it. You'll be glad you did. You know, when I brought him on, I wanted to ask him about the monkey and the symbol concept because a lot of people have talked to me about it and wish that I'd gone into more detail. And I am so glad I started with that. I love how he broke it down because he responded really with one, one word, noise. I want you to ask yourself, are you valuable or are you just noisy? Right now, your reps are facing more noise than they have ever had to face. And it is coming from all sides. I call it the three P's of, of the people that you work with. It's the personal side, the professional side, and the physical side. Uh, I break that down a little bit in my Patreon group. Think about those three. People have different challenges personally, professionally, and physically as a result of all of this stuff that's happening right now. And it's coming from new challenges, new opinions, new points of view, new health challenges, new professional challenges, new relationship challenges. You name it, it's there. There's pressure everywhere and everything is impacting each person differently. So I think it's a big deal for you to really stop and consider that your reps need you to help add calm to this storm that is raging. That's what I really gather from that is how do we add calm to the storm? Right. That's why I like the idea of not being noisy. He talked a lot about being how helpful are you? How valuable are you? And so that's really why Rob's advice is so timely. It's this simple. Don't add to the noise. Instead, help cut through the noise. So ask yourself, am I getting noisy? Am I adding to the noise? Or am I providing pathways and solutions that will help cut through the noise? And the rest of the conversation after Rob starts this is just so real and it's so authentic and it gives insight to a blueprint on how he's doing exactly that. I really think this should be required listening. Send this to the other sales leaders in your organization. Send this to other sales leaders that are your friends in the business. This is one that needs to be listened to. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think that if you can learn from Rob, you'll, you'll take from this how to be transparent authentic, how to make your interactions count. Because honestly, he's right. Too many leaders become that monkey with the symbols. And it's honestly, it's because very few people get the opportunity to be taught how to be a great manager. We just do what was done to us. We invest in tools. We invest in training. We invest in process for salespeople, but we do not equip leaders the same way. 
We, we basically give them a team. We give them a product. We give them a territory, whatever. Uh, then we give them a goal. We say, don't screw it up. And that's why we've become noisy. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons I have this podcast. That's one of the reasons I like to take calls with people. I, I, I offer these things at you know, no cost. I, I just truly, my mission is to help sales leaders fight through and learn how to cut through the noise. So don't you become the monkey with the symbols. Uh, be, vis- be valuable, and then they will want you to be more visible. And, you know, as I thought through this, and I listened to this episode a couple times before I created this, so what? You know, I believe that one of the most important things Rob shared with us is that the role of the sales leader hasn't changed. Just how you execute that role has changed. So much great advice, but the one that really pops to me was his advice on how he changed the one-on-one. I hope you caught it. You know, he says that every one-on-one needs to start with how are you feeling? And then he spent a lot of time talking about how every member of your team is a human being, not just a salesperson, not just a uh, FTE. It's a human being. So let's recognize and build their humanity. Everyone needs it right now. We owe it to them. Now is the right time for you to be working on connection. You know, focus on connection more than correction, right? Uh, especially with us having less natural connection opportunities. You've really got to give those. I love the advice he gave on listen and, and, and talk to everyone and give even the quiet people opportunities to talk. And if you're wondering right now, man, I wonder if I'm the monkey with the symbol. Here's what I think is a good litmus test. I, I've thought a lot about this. I brought it up on this episode and Rob seemed to, to like it. You know, Ask yourself this. Do your reps bring questions to you? Are they someone, I mean, are you someone that they come to early or do they only come to you if there's no other resource or they've exhausted other things? They come to you when they have to, not just because you're someone that they see as a really good resource. Uh, The willingness of your team to bring their challenges to you, I have found is a really great indicator, indicator of your noisiness versus your helpfulness. Finally, Rob's advice to take time for you is super important. He calls it the new non-negotiable, and I think he's right. You can't give unless there's something inside you to give. So when you're doing your time blocking, and I sure hope you're doing that, block time for yourself. Go for a walk. Read something. I don't know what it is that fills your bucket, but do it. Be, you know, I loved his, I wrote this one down. You know, be a little selfish first so you can be selfless later. So Rob, my man, thanks for joining us today. I love this guy's approach to leadership. I love that his blueprint has led to so much success for so long. He is a terrific guy and a fantastic leader. And if you aren't already, connect with Rob and follow him. You will be glad you did. Now, to each of you, our listeners, thank you. I appreciate your show, your your support of the show so much. I want to remind you of my offer to discuss your approach to the one-on-one. If you've been thinking about hitting me up, you know, do it. Stop thinking about it. Shoot me the message. It's no strings attached. I want to help as many teams as I can. So here's to helping each rep cut through the noise. Be that lighthouse in the midst of whatever storm your reps are facing. Help them choose a path and execute because doing creates confidence. I wish each of you success in creating and connecting with each member of your team. Thanks for listening. And as always, don't worry. Just execute because we got you.